Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 100, Celebrate Good Times. If you want to get up and dance right now, you guys, you can. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we are celebrating tonight. Tonight is our 100th episode. And um, wow, I mean, really, that's kind of the only word that comes to mind. I mean, we're sitting here across from the mics from each other as we have for almost two years now. And um, it's yeah, been good times, good times, bad times, a little bit up and down, roller coasters and you know, everything else. It's been like life. And, you know, really just kind of been reminiscing this past week uh the two of us and just thinking you know i remember the first time that tony proposed that we podcast not that well i also remember the first time he proposed but that's a whole nother uh, podcast which i'm sure we've already <laughs> talked about but you know really when he first said you know let's do this podcast thing i, I have to admit i had the same reaction that a lot of other people do when they're like what's what's a podcast and so he explained what a podcast was. And then the next question is, who in the world is going to want to listen to what we have to say? Right. And two years into this crazy thing called podcasting, uh, who in the world? There are lots of people in the world. And, and you know, because so many of you have been with us since early on, many of you have just stumbled across us in the last few months or weeks. Um, we get those emails too. We know that you are listening to us from all over the world. Uh, we've got South Africa, we've got Australia, we've got Canada, we've got France, we've got Holland. Um, and if we haven't mentioned your country and you're listening to us, shoot us an email. Let us know. Because we'd love to know. Um, I'm sure most of the 50 states because of our seven days of sex challenges, mm -hmm. I know from the past that we've had folks, I think from every state. Just about every state represented when we've done that. And and you know we, we do we we've been thinking back over the last two years of this podcast and you know thinking back to those seven days of sex challenges and and just the impact your stories have had on each other um you know the first time we proposed it and we're like i, I don't know what's going to happen here right you know what are we what is anybody going to want to do this and suddenly we've got you know we i think we started off with 100 couples that year the first time and the seven days of sex challenge uh -huh. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around 100 couples. And um, that blew our mind. And, you know, the second time around, similar experience. We actually had a few more couples the second time around. Some of you became experts after the first time. And so it was much easier for you to jump on board. And the third annual will be coming up in 2012, uh, probably in May again. <laughs> April, May time frame. 
yeah we'll start looking at the calendar here in a couple of months and figure that out so you guys have plenty of time to plan mm-hmm. um but we're just gonna you know we're gonna talk about the last two years tonight we we got quite a bit of listener feedback in the form of emails from all of you and so we're going to be sharing those tonight and kind of doing sort of a trip down memory lane yeah and we'll interject our own our own two cents when we uh feel it i I think we should talk real quickly though about our week i I just i just want to talk to a lot of you guys i know the stress of the holidays are upon us and upon you and and during this time you, you may be feeling a little disconnected from your spouse for whatever reasons may be coming, may be hitting you. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be financial stress. It could be just, you know, family. You know, you're going to be hanging out with the in-laws for a week. You know, that could be stressful for, for many of you. And, you know, any of those types of things can add a lot of pressure to your marriage. And Elise and I have, you know, just the same as you guys. You know, we have those pressures that um, come upon us, that hit us, that we just feel like, ugh. And this week, it was uh, Friday night, uh, it, one of Elisa's days to initiate sex. Let, let's be honest, it was my last it day. It was her last day. Sex. Yeah, her last day. And, and just to back up, Tuesday was Alex's birthday. So yes. we were celebrating Alex's birthday. Wednesday is the anniversary of Andrew's um, death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, so, and then Thursday, Friday was kids' stuff at school pretty much nonstop. Yeah. So th- that was our week leading up to Friday. Yeah. Go ahead. Take it away. And so Friday Friday came, and uh, I, I don't remember if I even made any mention. I don't really remember. You didn't. I didn't. I, I just sort of figured, you know, I'm going to just lay low. I'm not going to say anything because I, I really am trying more and more and more when it is not my time to initiate, to shut my mouth and not make innuendos or or tell Elisa in my own way that, hey, are you going to initiate? I'm letting her do that. And that's very tough for me because I'm sort of like, hey, if we're doing this, we're doing this. So you need to initiate. And I've known in the past I have done that and I know it tweaks her. (laughs) Let her her out. You know (laughs) what I mean? She's just sort of, hey, shut up. I I know what I got to do. I know it's my day or my last day. And so I'm trying to just hold back and not say anything. And you know, we happened to not have sex on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I did not go to bed mad. I did not go to bed upset. I just was like, you know what, God, there, there is a reason. There you went ha- to sleep. I, I fell asleep, yeah. And I just, you know, I went to God and I just said, hey, there is a reason. I, I better not start coming up with something in my own mind and conceiving this whole idea of why this isn't happening. And instead I just went to God, just said, hey, Whatever it is, I'm putting it in your hands and just knew that tomorrow and just know that tomorrow I'm going to just talk to Elisa, see what's up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had some time by ourselves without kids on Saturday afternoon, whatever. And I, th- I think it was Saturday or was it, it Saturday It had to be night? Saturday morning. We were at Legoland all day Saturday. Oh, that's right. So it was, yeah, Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. And, you know, what, what was up? And she told me what was going on and, and it was cool. And we ended up having just mind-blowing awesome sex on saturday night and it ended up being one of those things where friday night mentally i just wasn't in a good place and i couldn't even through prayer get myself there to the point where the sex would have been 
a desirable thing for me. It would have been very much a, Mm -hmm. I'm crossing this off on my to-do list because it's my day. And I just, I was like, I don't even want to do that. Like it, there was no interest there. And so when Tony approached me on Saturday, I just said, you know what? I I just wasn't in a good place and I didn't want to go through the motions. You know, I didn't want to be the warm body next to you going, Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know, we're recording this on Sunday. So Saturday night, you know, we're laying there in bed and I start making a move. And Tony's like, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were making a move. And I said, well, you'd be right. And because mentally I was in such a better place, waiting that one day was the right decision mm-hmm. for both of us. And and when he came to me Saturday morning, I didn't feel like it was this accusatory, hey, you blew your three days. It was the what's up. You know, something's obviously, you know, if you didn't try to initiate on those three days, something's going on. And, and, you know, quite honestly, we knew Wednesday because that's Andrew's anniversary. It's just not happening on his anniversary. It just doesn't because I'm mentally not there. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, I'm mentally okay. Just so you know. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're mentally okay. Although some of them listening may debate that point with you, but that's <laughs> just a little, All little right. fun there. But let's, let's talk about some of these emails we got because, um, and thank you to all of you. This is what episode 100 is about you guys mm-hmm. because you really do make the show what it is. You bring us your life. You bring us your stories and in return, we get to share ours with you, but you make it so much more colorful Absolutely. When, when you do chime in and when you let us know what's happening with you. I mean, it just adds so much color to what is happening in our own lives. I mean, it gives us the ability and the opportunity to pray for you. It gives us the ability and opportunity to think differently mm-hmm. than what is happening just in our marriage. You know, what happens in our marriage from week to week and day to day and year to year is completely different than many of you right and it just it gets us to think outside of our own little comfort zone mm-hmm. you know because we are all so different but there's one thing that i think that is really common between all of us is that the person that we look into the, uh, the our eyes the person we look into their eyes <laughs> person sitting across the table from you that's your spouse yes go there <laughs> is somebody that we love it's somebody that however many weeks, months, years ago caught your attention, wooed you, wowed you, whatever it was, and you went head over heels for them. And we know because we, we have our question of the week and I ask these questions and we get some awesome feedback from you guys. Absolutely. So there is somebody in your house that at one point in time and maybe till to this day you still just love them immensely mm-hmm. and that's what we have in common is that we have spouses that we love so this is about you guys so let's celebrate and kick it off with this first email so we uh we heard from tammy and kevin and um we've talked about them a little bit because they've participated in the, some challenges and and tammy just said just wanted to write you both and say congrats on reaching your 100th episode what a great and well-deserved accomplishment i wanted to take a moment to thank you both for how you have affected our marriage this year between the seven day challenge and the 60 day challenge. You have both played a significant part on putting our marriage on the right path. 
Yeah, and and these two, they did forty seven out of sixty days. Just yeah, they. Up. In between, like having yeah. a ton of other commitments, stuff going on. They, they kudos to them. Yes. So. And she says, for that, both Kevin and I truly thank you. We recently bought your book and are looking forward to going through that after the first of the year when the hustle and bustle of the holidays settles down. And, uh, you know, that's fun because I don't know too many couples out there that can say they did both challenges in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a significant accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a 12 month period. That's that's pretty awesome. Tops us. Mm, we did not do two channels. Oh, well, okay. In a calendar year. In a 12 month year. Okay. Yeah. In a 12 month year, we did. But <laughs> <laughs> we did. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Tony's little competitive hackles just went up there. No. And, and if any of you would like to pick up our book, oneextraordinarymarriage.com, you can pick up the audio or the ebook, grab it. Hey, actually, this week too, I had somebody, or I, I, we had somebody pick up our ebook who follows me just on Twitter, has never even heard a podcast. Which was just kind of one of those little things that tickles us. Cause, yeah. You know, Tony, uh, the kids were asking what the significance of that was. And I said, well, you know, it's kind of amazing that somebody that doesn't listen to us for an hour each week and only follows, you know, daddy's 140 character <laughs> tweets um, saw enough in the tweets to decide that he wanted to pick up the book. Yep. He or she. So that was very cool. We got a Facebook post from Kiana Burleson. Were you going to were you going to ask her question? She has that question down. Oh, I, I thought we were going to talk about that another time. Oh, okay. Cuz I didn't know okay. that we were actually doing questions and stuff tonight. Okay. Well, okay. Okay, well now that you brought it up. Okay. Are, are you going to read it? I don't have it. I didn't pull it. Oh, I have one question for you both. During the month of November, I came down with a very bad cold and was down for about 3 weeks. Then there was the business of Thanksgiving and fixing dinner for my hubby's family. And to top it off, Kevin is a postal worker. And of course, this time of year is a very busy one for him working 10 to 12 hours a day. It seems like especially during, especially just finishing the 60 day challenge that we've had a very hard time connecting. Are there some tips you can give to try and keep couples connected, even if we are finding it hard to find time and maybe too tired to be intimate? Thanks for your advice. Thanks for any advice you can give. May God richly bless your ministry for many years to come. Much love and prayers. And I think there are ways. Well, and and to be honest, when we finished the 60 days, we took off the next month. Yeah. From like, sex. We we took off because we were just both like, we're the, cool. the, well, we're good. Yeah. N- not necessarily. We still had sex that month, but it just, there was no... We it, had it wasn't as structured as right it wasn't structure structured or anything like that we we sort of just said okay let's take a break let's back up you being sick for three weeks um you know what we're gonna go through cycles of life mm-hmm. we just are i mean there are gonna be times when we're down and it come the new year when we have some time to really talk i'm gonna talk about how i have been dealing with with fatigue issues for probably six months and how it has completely affected how I have viewed my marriage and stuff that's been going on. I finally got a handle on this about three weeks ago when I went to see my acupuncturist, you know, and he and I were talking and you know, when you're sick and you're down, it it just doesn't feel good. And I mean, you guys can listen back over the last six months when you probably hear some highs and lows for me, you know, just, I was just on a roller coaster and and I really want to talk to to folks about this come the new year. Cause I really know where now I really feel like I can talk to you folks who are new parents again. Mm-hmm. Like I know that feeling again, 
after just being so dang tired and worn out. Um, but I think the biggest thing, even through those six months, it was Elisa and I still taking some time during our day and just connecting. And, you know, you have to make the time. I mean, it's it's one of those. I, I know, obviously, I mean, Kevin's swamped at work. Fortunately, he's, you know, in the last five days of this crazy holiday season. Um, but it's it's saying, you know what, we're going to take 10, 15 minutes. You know, if you can carve that out, whether it's, you know, if your schedules are opposite and you're like, okay, I think we can figure out a lunch break here where we can talk for 15 minutes, um, you know, or the first 10 minutes that we come home, we're just going to sit on the couch and just, you know, even just hold hands. I mean, there's something very connecting about that simple little act because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need to use all the words. Right. Sometimes it's like... Tony and I were commenting the other day, and we, we've talked about the fact that we have an Eastern King bed, and we usually end up, um, for the most part, for significant portions of the night on opposite sides of that bed. And in the last couple of weeks, we've noticed that we've actually been cuddling more. Yeah. You know, and, and there's just something about that physical touch that helps to cement the bonds of the marriage. So maybe it's not the communication, and maybe it's not the physical, you know, the, the verbal communication and the physical intimacy, but maybe it's just physical touch right now. And also know all of us go through cycles. Mm-hmm. We do. Personally, we go through cycles that affect us, that affect our marriage. Our marriage goes through cycles. Our spouse is going through cycles. And so all of these things are moving around. So hold on. All right. I think our son just pulled out a tooth. That would just oh, happen. That, that was? I think it's a tooth. Yeah, that's a tooth. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> and this is parenthood. Yeah. Episode right 100. Episode 100. There you go. We're constantly <laughs> going through these cycles. And so one thing I think a lot of us do, we again, we always look outside. Oh, they're doing so wonderful. And why am I so crummy right now? I, I know that because I've been there <laughs> and wondering why I feel so crummy right now. But just realize that we're going through these cycles, we're working together. If you're sick, it's it's as simple as going, honey, I'm, I'm sick as a dog. I have no desire right now. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't want to have sex with you. It's not that I, it's just I feel crummy. And with what you guys have been through this last year, I'm pretty sure Kevin can just go, I get it. You know, and it may just be that you guys just do like Elisa was saying. It's just like a 15-minute stop at Starbucks, 20-minute stop at Starbucks. You guys connect together quickly, and you guys can just go, cool. There's our connection for the week. We know we're busy. We know we got stuff going on, and we're going to just pick it back up. You know, we got the date already in hand. You guys have already said once the craziness and the bustle and hustle of this holiday season's over, you're you're back at it, and you're cool. And that, having that plan lets you know that this is not going to be an indefinite cycle. Right. You know that this is a season, yep. not a new phase of life. Yep. And that I think is really important. Um, we had a Facebook post from Kiana. You had posted a picture of us yesterday at Legoland. Picture I of us did. hugging or kissing. And um, she just said, love it. Big kiss plus big smile. Love it. Happy 100th episode. You are my real deal Christ-like marriage heroes. Um, that's a very humbling Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> That's you. It's a very Kiana. humbling title. Um, and so we thank you, Kiana, for doing that. And um, 
you know, we're online right now and I just saw that you had posted that we were podcasting and Steve Fryer had put up, um, here's to 1000. I can't even imagine 1000th episode right now. So I just saw that. I'm like, Oh, I'm having a little panic attack. Unless we were doing this daily, which somebody actually suggested in one of their emails. But we also, um, this is from Catherine and Tucker and we got uh, congratulations to you both on making it to 100 episodes. That's a huge commitment and a great accomplishment. I wanted to write to tell you on this occasion just to add to the voices telling you to keep it up. I can't really pinpoint the biggest way your ministry has impacted me or my marriage because it's sort of in a million little ways. I listen to the podcast each week and it always contains some important reminder for me that I can apply. Most recently was your discussion about coming home for the holidays. I usually do struggle with my moods and emotions throughout the winter months and the stress of the holidays has sent me spinning in previous years. Last year was a low point. I had been, oops, hold on, my computer just. Um, uh, I had been running like crazy to create what looked like a picture perfect Christmas for everyone. But by the time it was done, I was pretty much numb inside. My husband and I were so disconnected, and I just had something come up. <laughs> Not arguing, but I had just walled myself off on my mission to attack my to do list. I remember one night specifically when I was up late and being manic and wrapping presents, and he stood there saying, I feel like you could take me or leave me. Do you have any feelings for me at all? Which is so sad to me to hear because I do love him with passion. But in all honesty, in that moment, I felt nothing. So your last message made me redouble my efforts not to land in that spot again. I looked at our monthly calendar and found the only night that wasn't booked with kids' activities and holiday events. I booked the sitter, and we slipped out to a quiet dinner together and an evening to enjoy the lights in in our town together. And it just ushered me into the season with a better perspective. We are more connected and we are a team. That's just one example. But sometimes I think I have spiritual amnesia and I find myself doing the things I don't want to do or forgetting to do the things I want to do. Don't we all? Mm -hmm. And your words are always a timely reminder to be intentional and to strive for something great in my marriage. And from that place, I find I'm a better mom and friend as well. Much love. Um, Yeah, we struggle with that regularly that's why you hear a new podcast every week because you know it is it is the little things like i tell a lot of people when they're like well what's your book about i said our book's about a lot of common sense but it's all the little things that we forget to do or we get lazy about doing and so a lot of times what we're talking about on our podcast are just reminders to ourselves Mm -hmm. you know the reminder that physical touch is so important and it's more than just a peck on the cheek the reminder that you know what, we need to slow down and not make the holidays. Like this year, honestly, has probably been the best year since Andrew died for me. I don't feel that sense of upside down that I felt in the past. And as a result, my house is not upside down. Mm-hmm. Elisa has let go a lot this year or this this month, I should say, just relax i mean we were even at legoland yesterday and not like there's a bunch of like crazy roller coaster rides but elisa's pretty much adamant every time we go to places like this of not getting on them like being the party pooper and i'm sitting there schlepping the kids and they want mom too and you know and then it's sort of awkward and whatever because i got three of us and there's whatever so but elisa actually went on every single roller coaster ride with us and had a wonderful time I did. I did. I think my kids were totally floored. Um, 
And, I was floored. I know, because usually in that type of scenario, I get the, um, Tony takes the dad voice, tone of voice with me, like, Elisa, go on. The, you know, it's, it's that whole tone of voice. And you're like, oh, I know I'm in trouble, but, you know, and then I get stubborn and he gets stubborn and there goes the day. Um, and, you know, I, I've done some things differently and we'll talk about that in another podcast this year. But, but I'm being, you know, you talk about being intentional. I am being very intentional this year not to get myself caught up in the crazy. There are a lot of things that we've not done this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're at December 18th and we still haven't put up our Christmas lights. Yeah, they're not going up this year. I don't think they're going up this year. I mean, we did the tree. The tree's up and we'll be doing presents this week. Um, also, my kids are at an age where putting the presents under the tree too early I'm like waiting for somebody to accidentally pop a present open. So I'm kind of just pacing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also internally in me. And so I can totally relate to the winter months and the mood swings and just that feeling. I mean, there have been, there have been Decembers where I, you know, I'm just a wreck. I'm a wreck because I'm trying to, you know, give our kids the best birthdays and I'm trying to put together the best Christmas and everything's got to be the best and I'm the worst and I'm at my worst. And that's really a kind of a lousy Christmas present to my family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Catherine, I, I applaud you for being intentional, finding that one night that doesn't have something swirling around it and saying, you know what, tonight we've got the sitter. And, and what a peaceful evening dinner and then going and looking at the Christmas lights mm-hmm. and just enjoy. I mean, even just saying that out loud gives me a sense of peace and calm. And so I can only imagine what that did for the two of you carving out that intentional time to say, you know what, in the midst of this, we are a team. I love the way that you put that in there. Um, okay. Oh, this, this was a good one. This was actually in response to um, last week's podcast, episode 99. Yep. And this is from Ken. And he's been listening for a while, but he starts off saying, all I have to say is, wow, it really hit home with me today. It was Mm, almost like you were living in my head and know exactly what is going on. My marriage is on the rocks right now. After 12 years of marriage, I think I have finally worn my wife down to the point where she is numb. This is not a good thing. It is a terrible, terrible feeling. Yeah, you think? From little things that began at the beginning of our marriage, not recognizing the hurt and distress I was causing and not noticing the buildup of negativity and frustration that I was responsible for. Issues would come and go, but never rectified, never dealt with, just acknowledged and then ignored. And when my wife... There we go again. And when my wife would take the time to discuss her feelings and emotions with me... I immediately go on the defensive and try to justify my actions, dodging responsibility and putting it back on her. Over time, she has slowly been removing love and affection from our lives, and rather than change my actions, I resent her for taking it away. What is wrong with me is the question that I have been asking myself for so long. I love my wife. I really, really do. So why is it so hard to change? Why am I the way I am? After listening today, I think I have the answer. And this is good. So everybody listen. It's laziness, which is ridiculous when you think about it. How can I be lazy when it comes to my marriage, to my wife, to the person I committed myself to for the rest of my life? It's because I was able to. Yeah. How many of us can raise our hand high on that? Uh-huh. And if you're not, 
um, I, I think many of us have have been th- been here before. And I just have to interject here. When I was, I mean, this email actually brought me to tears. Both of us, because it was it was the acknowledgement, the ownership of his actions, and the acknowledgement of something that we all suffer from in our marriages at one point or another. We all get lazy. We all get comfortable. Um, not willing to not willing to put forth effort. And it's not just putting forth effort around the house or, you know, it's emotional effort. It's, you know, spiritual effort. It's, you know, sexual. Yeah. It's all of those just putting forth that effort. But Hey, Elisa and I are here to say that we've become lazy in our marriage before. Mm -hmm. He, He goes on to say, um, I didn't have to answer to anyone just to myself. And I wasn't holding myself accountable. I could put my problems off for another day and keep doing what I wanted to. Why change my actions when I know she will still be there? When I can take her for granted? That's not a marriage. It is an idiotic, childish, childish, selfish relationship. One that just plain sucks. Well, after listening today, I realized that I need to just do it. Draw a line in, draw a line in the sand. No more. Unplug from the electronics. Stop hiding behind the job. Step away from the TV and become a spouse who thinks of his wife first and everything else second. Right. Go back and remember when there was nothing more important than putting a smile on her face. Invest every free second that I have in actions that will strengthen my marriage, not hinder. Actions that build trust, not skepticism. Actions that show love, not withhold it. Actions that show dependability, not unreliability. To think that I have wasted so much time on things that I didn't share with my wife is enough to make me physically sick. Time is of the essence. I just hope and pray to God that it is not too late that I can heal the wounds. And then he goes on to say, I know that the email was hard to follow. Um, Which it wasn't. No, not at all. And he says, I know your messages are pretty consistent. I've listened to several of your podcasts, but today it was like you were talking to me in high def after listening to you in low def for so long. You gave me the perfect slap in the face today, the wake up call I so desperately needed. Your work is certainly cherished by me and I'm sure thousands of others as well. Congrats on the soon to be 100 and I hope you are around for a hundred more. 99 will be a special one for me. Thank you so much, Ken. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, Ken. You're, you're truly welcome. Um, like Elisa said, when, when we first got this, I mean, it, it brought tears to both of our eyes and you know, it's because another marriage is being saved. Someone in that marriage is finally taking responsibility for what is happening and is willing to make a change. And we have been there. Mm-hmm. And I think it, and because of that, it really just hit us. It mm-hmm. hit us hard. And I mean, we just want to say, and we commend you for what you're doing. And you know what? You may have a long road ahead. I mean, 12 years of, of the actions that you've had, and have portrayed and in your wife has had to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot. And so what I say to you is you got to put your armor of God on. You know, you put on the armor of God each and every day and just know that there's a battle to be won and there's somebody out there who's willing to just destroy it and he will do everything he can. Well, and you know, I want to thank you again for just putting into words a problem that plagues so many marriages. Um, you know, we've talked about lazy. I, I don't know that we've ever 
just come right out and said it's laziness and your eloquence in that email to just call it what it is, is going to be a message that's going to resonate with a lot of people Mm -hmm. um, listening to this episode who say, you know what, that's me. That's me. That's what's going on in my marriage. And so thank you for touching the lives of others in your willingness to share your life means a lot means a lot. Um, and here's another one that just blew me away. This is from, this is from Chuck. And I just, Oh, I loved this one. So I said, I saw your post on Facebook today and I guess that by any measure you would have to say that ours is a remarkable success story. As to our story, the quick and dirty version is that in 2010, my wife and I engaged in sex 11 times in 12 months. And in 2011, we are averaging three to four times a week. There you go. To me, that is rad. That's a remarkable, like even before I get to the rest of it, reading those two sentences. Amen. You know, we had to, we had to keep, I mean, obviously we keep reading all of them, but that, that was a compelling intro. He said, now for the long version. As I said, last year, ours was a sexless marriage using the clinical definition of less than once a month. November and December of last year, I began to research marriage resources on the internet and found a bunch of really good blogs, including One Extraordinary Marriage. I subscribed via iTunes and began going through the podcast, eventually catching up, by the way. I love hearing when somebody starts listening. I know. And then we get the whole, I caught up. Um, Your idea of schedule, it struck a chord with me. And in a come to Jesus meeting with my wife between Christmas and New Year's, I suggested as a way to increase our intimacy. What had happened between the two of us, what had happened was that the two of us suffered from one of the most monumental communication failures I have ever heard of. I was 61, now 62, and she was 59, now 60. And we had both come to the conclusion that neither wanted to have relations. From comments she had made, I came to believe she didn't want to have sex anymore. And I felt that she was doing it once a month out of a sense of duty. Because of my arthritic hip for the past two years, I slept in a recliner in our living room rather than in our bedroom with her. She came to believe that I was in too much pain to participate in sex. I've had to retire due to the arthritis and was stuck with attending to an invalid for the rest of her life. What I learned that she really, what I learned was that she really, really missed intimacy. And she learned that even if I had to drag my hip to our bedroom, I would because I wanted intimacy with her. We decided to use your scheduled idea and instituted it the first week in January. I do need to tell you that it didn't stay in place very long, just until about the middle of February. Every night I would come to our bedroom Even though I couldn't sleep in bed, I came to spend time with her before coming back downstairs. In February, she told me that since we were spending an hour every evening in bed together, that she felt that sex was on the table for us every time we were in bed and we didn't need to schedule it. That I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's just like, you know. And again, that speaks so much to the fact that when that connection is there, the desire for intimacy just grows. Yep. Very much so. We have had such a great year that my wife recently said to me that she is having the best sex of her entire life. Now, in case you missed it, she was 59 last year. She is 60 this year. And she is now saying that she's having the best sex of her entire life. That's awesome. Um, Suffice it to say, we blew past last year's dismal record within two months and of last have been averaging three to four times a week. Not bad for grandparents. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, you're doing better than us. (laughs) 
kudos to both yeah exactly she's and then he goes on to say this podcast along with several other blogs and ministries contributed mightily to reigniting our marital passion as we celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary in july thank you for what you do awesome that is so Uh, great thank you so much. i love the grandparent stories because you know i start to think i'm like oh I mean, I remember there have been a couple times, actually each year when we do the seven days of sex challenge, there's always that couple that's been married between like 35 and 40 years and they start sharing their stories. And I just, you know, I feel like I want to like, you know, like your little kid just drawn up by the fire and you're listening to grandma and grandpa tell their story and grand you know, these are all the sex stories, but, um, you know, just that, that passion and that desire to work on their marriage. I mean, here's a couple that, you know, like you said, monumental communication failures because they had just, you know, stopped talking about what was going on. And when he had the come to Jesus meeting, we've talked about those, you know, find out that they both still have such deep desire for each other that they just had to figure out a way to make it work mm-hmm. in their marriage. And, you know, look at him. So he's got this arthritic hip arthritic hip he still makes the effort to go to their bedroom every night to spend time with her that speaks volumes to her to say you know what he still wants to be close to me i'm not you know yes we can't sleep in the same bed but you really get the sense now that that that's inconsequential because they've both made the effort you know, I mean, I can only imagine what it sounded like to him when she said, you know what, we don't have to schedule this because, you know, it's on the table every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only know in my house, if I said it was on the table every night, that goes a long way to smiles in my house. I don't think I'd take you up on it every night, though. You wouldn't. But if the offer was there. Yes. Yeah, like that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. For For a couple, I mean grandparents in their 60s i'm digging it tony's you know i can i can say this is going on the goal sheet (laughs) going on the goal sheet all right this one comes from paul i have the most incredible marriage i didn't appreciate it before but i've realized that god made my wife holly especially for me she understands me she listens to me she respects me she understands and appreciates the word of god and realizes the the role of the wife as designated by God. My wife is a loving, understanded, understand, appreciative, sexual, giving, respectful, God-fearing wife. I cannot ask for anything more. My marriage is a sacred thing. We have realized by looking at your side and post that there is a major role that we need to let God play in our union. I have a, I have a wife. wife that is the dreamiest. She is the best of the best and the lost loving person I know. Most. The most loving person I know. Okay, thank you. Thank you, One Extraordinary Marriage, for your daily insights and inspirations. And I think the cool thing about this is, you know, Paul's really showing and sharing with us how much he just honors and, and respects his wife and, and, and vice versa, it sounds. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this was because you had also asked for shout outs. Um, yes. Last couple of weeks when we were talking about this episode and you know this is the one that really just I think this is probably the only one that we got that was just a direct shout out um to his wife Mm -hmm. and you know Paul I hope that you are listening and I hope that I don't know if you and Holly listen together but I hope that you will play this for her um just to let her know 
you know, I, uh, from what you've written in here, I'm sure she already knows how much you love and cherish her, but share this with her. Um, because you've just shared this with, you know, people all over the world, how valuable she is to you. And, And that is a gift. When we let our spouses know how much we cherish and love and value them, there are not words to describe the reaction and the impact that has on your marriage because those are the things that we as humans want. That's what we desire. We want to feel valued. We want to feel respected. We want to feel loved and cherished. And so for Paul to just say, you know what? I'm going to take a few minutes, just write out a little note to Tony and Lisa to say this, you know, and this is definitely one of those emails that if from time to time you guys want to share what your spouse means to you and, and you want us to share it on the air, please do so. It's getting these emails to say, you know what? This is, this is who he is. This is who she is. It lets everybody else know too, you know what? Hey, my wife has those same qualities. Yeah. My husband, my husband does that. I need to, I need to acknowledge that. I need to say something. I need to, you know, leave a card on the table. I need to, you know, do whatever because maybe I haven't said thank you mm-hmm. or maybe I haven't said, Hey, I noticed that you do that or you treat me like this or, or whatever it is. So take the time, you know, we're again, we've talked about this being the hustle and bustle time of year. Take the time during the craziness to say, you know what, here are some of the gifts that you've given me this year. You've treated me with respect. You've loved me when I've been unlovable. You have, you know, you take out the garbage when I don't want to. You wash the dishes, every, whatever it is. Your spouse has given you gifts this year. Gifts that don't get wrapped and put under the tree, but nonetheless are incredibly valuable all the same and are probably more valuable than the tangible, it can break, it can, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's not the gift, it's the experience. It's the experience. It's that relationship. And so take some time as we're heading into Christmas. Uh, you know, Paul, and I know that, Tony, you've talked about this before too, um, to acknowledge in some way, shape, or form. I and mean, maybe there's a Christmas a card, under, or there's a card under the tree this year on Christmas morning to your spouse. And it's that, here are the gifts you've given me this year. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the other point is, you know, that there is a major role that we need to let God play in our union. Mm-hmm. And this is something we've talked about numerous times over the years. And you know what, folks? We do. We've got to let God in our lives, in our marriages, in our bedrooms. And gosh, this will be for another episode as well, man. Just myself gone through a dry spell over these last six months. And for me personally, just starting to pick up the word more and just reading it and realizing it and letting him in, you know, I'm, I screw up just as much as you guys do, if not more, you know, I, I really do just screw up at times. And I, I realized that I just, I got to lay it all on him, you know, my marriage, my business, everything, the kids and and when I do, Man, is it amazing how much I just can sense life. I can sense him here just protecting us, walking with us, 
you know, clapping for us, cheering us on. I mean, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff right there. So the last, um, the last message that we want to share with you, this came from Jerry and, um, Jerry in advance, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to paraphrase some of this. Um, Jerry, Jerry had an awesome, Jerry had an awesome email and, um, we've received a couple over the last two years, we've received a couple emails like this where somebody, um, through pages of an email have shared their life and experiences. Yvette, Yvette calling you out, honey, uh, with us and, and just the impact, um, that we've had on their lives. And so I'm going to paraphrase, um, some of this, but I have to start saying, you know, it cracked me up because he said, I found your website a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks before that I lost my carpool partners due to job changes and was looking for something more than a radio program to listen to. Since my commute is usually about 45 to 60 minutes long, I've been able to listen to a couple of podcasts a day and have now listened to all of them. Once again, all caught up. Um, Commute time does not seem to drag now and I've been less of an aggressive driver since I started listening to you guys. I bet you never imagined that your podcast would have secondary benefits like making a commute safer and more enjoyable. It's our soothing voices. I, I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just don't know what to say after he just, you know, says something like that. So he said, I wanted to drop you a short note to congratulate you on your coming 100th episode and tell about a few of my thoughts and reflections I had while catching up with all of the podcasts. Can I say something real quick here? Yeah. I know Lisa's not going to read the whole thing. Here's here's the really cool thing about this email, and I just want to put it out there. He he's listened to them all in such a short period of time, and so because of that, he really gets it, like the flow, what's happening from one week to the next. But in just like one morning, he listens to you know episode forty eight, and that afternoon he's listening to forty nine, and the next morning he listens to fifty. So I just want to thank you for how much you brought to the table because it really for me it was just it was really cool to hear somebody give us feedback like that because you got to understand when elise and i do a show we do show 100 right now and as i'm sitting here and elise is sitting here we're goofing off and we're listening to youtube songs afterwards once everything's up usually we'll we'll listen to some of the shows, sometimes we'll listen to the whole show again just to hear what's happening. But rarely, rarely do we go back and go listen to episode 99, 98. I honestly, I don't think I've listened to episode two in two years or episode one. Yeah. When we first died, we listened to a few of them. And quite honestly, I, I do have to say this. Those of you that go back and listen to the early ones, thank you for sticking with us because I can only <laughs> imagine how rough those sound now. Like, I think that's part of the reason that keeps me from going back and listening to him because I'm like, oh, I don't. We're just so much more comfortable, right? But we don't go back and listen to him. We hear your feedback. We know where we're going. We know what we want to be talking about, and you guys can dictate that at times. By all means, you guys do dictate that because we'll say something one week and it may go, it may really get us thinking for the next week, and we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. But we don't sit and we don't reflect on episode 99 and go, wow, that was just all messed up or whatever. I mean, we just, we just keep we on going. We let you guys tell us when we mess yeah, up. Yeah. We, we just keep on going. So it was, all I want to say is that it was just cool to have you share each episode because you're listening, listening to them successively. 
Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. So that's all. He says, uh, my wife, Sandy, and I have been married about 31 and a half years. We are approaching, and this, this was something that just got me because I just thought it was a wonderful observation. We are approaching 1 billion seconds of marriage on the afternoon of February 28th, 2012. I'm trying to figure out how to best celebrate that achievement. <laughs> it will involve taking a day off work to do something special, but I don't know what it will be yet. Yes, I am a geek nerd. Those are his words, not mine. And Sandy will find it to be a silly reason, but we'll appreciate it too. So we've got a couple here that's been married 32 years. Um, obviously, we've got one that, you know, kind of has, I don't know, engineering type brain where we're calculating the seconds that we've been married, which, you know, suddenly made me think, oh gosh, huh? Like, when's that going to be for us? Like, that was my thought. Like, when do we, when, when do we hit 1 billion seconds? Um, but to paraphr- paraphrase just a little bit about their history, so they're going on 32 years. Um, they met in uh, Colorado, and they have raised three children, so ranging in age currently from um, early 20s to mid 30s. And so when and one of Sandy was um, a single mom before they met, and so they have never had life without children because or life without somebody else in the home because they are now also taking care of her mother Mm -hmm. and so their entire marriage they have had to get creative and come up with different ways to give that focus to themselves um he does go on to say that the divorce has never been an option for them you know when we had that episode on the d word and he goes on to say, but like most couples, there have definitely been days when we have not liked each other at all. And it is so easy to get caught up in day-to-day activities and drift apart at times. Overall, our marriage could be described as generally good, happy, loving, but also possibly too comfortable. As I think back over our marriage, it seems like the tough times were the times we grew closest together, both as a couple and as a family. Those were the times I knew I needed to comfort her and or vice versa. He shares with us how they... Um, quiet reserved people tend to go with the flow and this is where this insight you know again you guys have such phenomenal insights he says our marriage has mostly plotted along between good and okay with occasional difficulties unfortunately the enemy of great is good because when things are good nobody's trying to make it better or great the feeling is why rock the boat when times are good well sometimes the boat needs rocking And the proper type of rocking can be a good thing. This wouldn't be the shake it till it breaks type rocking, but the kind that wakes us up and moves us from our comfort zone. We've had enough interactions together to avoid the empty nest syndrome in our marriage as our kids moved out. Your 77 questions to get the conversation started has been a help and just having something to kick off discussions. Thanks. That's still up on the website, right? Under resources? Yes. Yes. Um, And they obviously have a very solid foundation in God and he shares with us how, you know, God has used so many different people in his life and even through this podcast to just teach him lessons, reteach him lessons, reteach, reteach him lessons. You know, we all have those things where sometimes um, I joke that God needs to slap me upside the head and put the billboard right in front of me (laughs) sometimes for me to get the message. And I think we all have issues in our life that are like that where it's like oh um so he goes on and says when i learned about your website and podcast i started with the more recent ones then i went back over the previous month because of comments that referred to previous podcasts 
After that, I decided I needed to listen to all of the previous episodes and started at episode one and worked through them at two per day, mostly during my commute. Wow. That's what Tony was talking about. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we've are, obviously I've already read this email, but reading that again just floors me. Um, I appreciate that you preach that our top priority is relationship, that our top priority relationship is with God and keep reminding us of that. Since God can be working through any possible teaching moment, I try to apply the same questions I use in Bible study. Generally, those are, what is God trying to tell me today? How can I apply what God is teaching to my life? And then he goes on to say, and this is a great, um, a great point for any of you. Since your podcasts are not straight God's word, I also have to ask, how does this compare with the Bible or biblical principles? I apply these questions to the topic of the day, the conversation about your week, and how you are doing this or that wrong, but to see if that is where God is leading me. Unfortunately, the bottom line is that we are all sinners and, all, and are all examples of good and bad in this world. If we combine the best in you and your marriage with the best in me and my marriage, we would still fall far short. Yes. Mm-hmm. It says, fortunately, God uses both good and bad examples for our own good. You know, and... and He goes on to say, and for those of you that haven't listened to the early episodes, I love that he feels that he really got to know us in those early episodes and can relate in many ways with you. Um, Similar life experiences. Um, He does go on to share with us that his wife Sandy's birthday is December 14th. And so now they will have um, just a special place in their lives to remember Andrew as well. And that was very meaningful to us. And he shares most of the episodes have touched me in some way either remembering back on my past or forward to applying what was discussed many of the topics i wish i had heard 30 some years ago some of those topics of of discussion stretch my comfort zone and that's good if it's something that doesn't apply to me it can always be a topic of prayer for others in that situation once in a while i would think that i have a comment to make on your webpage and then realize this was recorded a year or two ago and you're well beyond that episode you can still go back and comment because many of the times when and any of you who listen, please go back because we still read them. We do and we answer them too. Well, not only that, sometimes the insights that come a year later will prompt another discussion that will take us down a different vein on another episode. So mm-hmm. if you've got something to say on a podcast, say it. It doesn't matter if we recorded it you know, two years ago or last week. Yep, um, totally. You know, bring it bring it bring it um he shares with us that at one point in time he had been doing the it was it says our communication gets better all the time well maybe in little spurts with some lapses and each area of intimacy has improved even if it wasn't bad to begin with i try not to keep score with my wife for a couple of reasons listen up that's my words not his first it would focus on me and not us when you keep score, the focus is on you. And second, if someone did keep score, I would be way behind. If I only lost an average of one point per day, probably a conservative estimate, then over the first 30 years, I would be behind uh, nearly 11,000 points. I am working on lowering that debt, but it is hopeless to keep count. In recent times, Sandy has probably been thinking that it is about time I stepped up around here, but she is too kind to say it that way. The debt that I am working on is nothing compared to the debt we have in Christ, and there is nothing we can do to earn repayment for that, but that's another subject. Um, and I do want to share, he, um, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was the one that we called Screw the Kids. Yeah. And 
you know, again, like Tony said, we appreciate the constructive feedback. Sure. So I said, then I heard an episode that struck a nerve. Why are you laughing already? Well, because I, I forget what episode that was, but we've learned a lot since then. Yes. But I still want to share his insights uh, because I definitely even agree. though we've learned a lot, it's still important for anybody that's going back and listening to those to realize that we have grown up a little bit in the last two years. And, and I hope, you know, when you listen to us and you hear that we've made mistakes and we can come back and go, wow, you know, that was a screw up. <laughs> you, you know, it happens in our marriages too. Mm-hmm. And, and w- one of the things you can always do and ask for is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, Elisa and I ask that of each other often, you know, just forgive me for the way I was acting today or yesterday or three weeks ago that turned into this downward spiral that really didn't need to happen, but we were both in this weird place and it, it just happened. So yeah, read that because that, that was one of the cool insights that he did bring up. So he goes on to say, let me get back up here. I heard an episode that struck a nerve. Sandy and I were foster parents for a few years, about 20 years ago. Yes, there is a correlation with this in our youngest who we adopted. The title for that episode reminded me of strong feelings about those experiences. During that time, we saw what neglect and abuse can do in the lives of kids, so I had a major problem with Screw the Kids. For example, we had a toddler for a short while who came with a small cast on each wrist arm, and the x-rays showed that the most recent injuries were not the first one. However, since I knew where you were going, it was not difficult to go ahead and listen to it. In a nutshell, it has to do with priorities, which are important. However, this, idea, this episode seemed to keep touching on the idea that the priority of spouses in marriage is at the kids' expense. That is not true. It isn't, the kids, it isn't that the kids will survive being a lower priority in marriage. It is about having a strong marriage that makes the family stronger and the kids greatly benefit from, us, from it. Those who put the kids first are actually hurting the kids because of the difficulties that causes. You did touch on the idea that the marriage is a model from the kids to learn from, which it is. We don't just want our kids to grow up being independent grown-ups. That's just a minimum passing grade. We must pass on to the next generation what a godly marriage is about. This is more important now than ever before. Unfortunately, we can't force them to be that way, and telling them about it isn't enough either. They must see it modeled. Um, he goes, and then a couple of days later, at two episodes per day for me in just a month in your real time, came the episode here, where an anonymous caller clip was played and criticized. Yes, he could have done a number of things better, but he only asked that you consider rewording the past title. I might have asked the same thing if I was a listener at the time. The irony of the title where the clip was played, can you face the music? The irony of the title, oh, can you face the music? And the comments about taking responsibility for our actions mentioned just prior to the clip being played was amazing. Somehow telling others about facing the music right after blasting a guy who thought he was being helpful <laughs> didn't present a very good example for that podcast. Or to send nope. us your feedback really means something else. I sure hope that guy didn't hear your response. Soon my thoughts wandered and I became critical of a number of things. Then God reminded me of what I had mentioned above about shooting the messenger. I was unfairly doing the same thing that too often happens in arguments with our loved ones. It is so easy to blow up over something, jump to incorrect conclusions, distort the other side, and drag other non-related things into the issue. You've been very open with your lives as they are and about not being perfect. Perfection is not a criterion for any job that God has for us, including marriage coaches and commentators. Anyone who thinks they are perfect is automatically disqualified. Okay, so we're still qualified because <laughs> we're the first ones to say that we are not perfect. Um, then he goes on to talk about... Uh, 
those of you that have been listening for a long time know the whole when Tony kept interrupting me. Yes. And um, for a couple of episodes and you all finally got on him enough that he listened and Tim called and left you a few messages, Tony, mm-hmm. about that. Tim and um, he, <laughs> you know, talk about real life, you know, where things just happen. He says the next learning experience came in with the episodes where Tony interrupted Elisa's apology and the follow-up episode where Tim and Atlanta called on it. Tim, I hope you're doing well. We haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. Um, I was so glad he did that. But once again, the real lesson for me occurred very soon after that episode. Sandy and I were getting ready to drive uh, to a long overdue getaway on the Oregon coast. And I, uh, let's see, I almost did the same thing to her that you did, Tony, to Elisa. I wasn't interrupting an apology, but I didn't let her finish a thought jumped to a conclusion and corrected her for something she had not said and actually wasn't going to say. Okay, all of you that have been in that boat, show of hands, please. How many times have we just, you know, like we think we know our spouses so well, so they say, boo, and you're already talking about Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and into Valentine's Day. And really, they were just going to talk about the trick-or-treaters that were coming by the door that night. Um, (laughs) He said, Suddenly, there was a chill in the air. Oops. Then within seconds, I thought about the podcast and needing to be right at the expense of listening to my spouse. It had not even been two hours since I listened to the podcast before I did the same thing. And the first hour didn't count because when I got home, she was out doing some last minute shopping. Not a good way to start out the weekend together, but a three hour drive gave us time to recover and we ended up having a great weekend away. Awesome. He says, at the end, and I'm just going to wrap this up, okay. um, but he says, I still look forward to hearing each new episode. Unfortunately, since I caught up with listening to the podcast here, there are a couple of downsides. I need to listen to something else, nine out of 10 commutes each week. And when I listen to an episode now, the last one wasn't just this morning or yesterday evening. Kind of nice in some ways. Uh, that was kind of nice in some ways. Like when you refer to the previous podcast, like we said, he listened to us in probably a month's time, two years and a little over a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, fortunately, he's been able to find some other podcasts and, um, you know, goes on to say that he likes ours because there's a great combination of purpose driving it and application in our lives. And he just closes with keep up the good work. And I will keep praying that God blesses you and your family as you provide God's blessing in other marriages, including mine. May the next 100 episodes be as helpful as the first 100. That is difficult to imagine, but who knows what God will steer you towards in the future. And I can't wait to hear episode 500 after dealing with a teenager for a while. Yeah. Then I had to go do the math and I figured, you know, we calculated that when we got to episode 500 on the schedule we're doing right now, I think Alex will be 18. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine what those episodes are going to be like. But um, <laughs> thank you, yep. Jerry, for sharing this and for sharing, you know, like I said, I cut and paste, cut and pasted through a lot of that. But each one of these messages that came in this week um, really touched us because they speak for so many of you and we know that they that they do and we know from the emails we received over the last hundred episodes how much yeah and we don't read them all yeah we, I mean we, we tonight's, don't re- tonight's an episode where we specifically asked you and you guys knew yeah. we were going to be reading stuff but um, we do read all of them we just don't read them all in the air right yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, you know, this is, I said this a couple of months ago and it's true again. 
um, tonight, just as we reflect on this hundredth episode, when we started this, it was all about finding that one couple out there that would listen and have, you know, like, I mean, the, the title came from one extraordinary, we just wanted one person, one couple to make, to make a difference in their marriage. That well, was the, uh, also the oneness of, of the couple. Right. I mean, it, you know, it, it comes from two become one, but, but that was where it, that was kind of the idea behind it. Like, yeah. you know, if just one couple, you know, again, we didn't think we were going to get past episode 10. So, we weren't sure who that one couple was going to be, but you know, that was kind of what we were thinking. And you, all of you have enriched our lives and our marriage beyond measure. Yeah. You know, we find ourselves talking about you. We find ourselves praying for you. We find, you know, we'll get an email comes in and, and we talk about it to say, you know, what, what advice can we give together to this husband, to this wife, to this couple, what insights can we share with them? How can we talk about the, their lives on the podcast? What is, what information does that give us to say, you know, we need to, we need to, we need to share this. We need to figure out what the show is around this particular episode. Um, and there aren't words to describe what you have done for us. Yeah. And how you have corrected behaviors that we had and how you've given us insights into our own relationship and how you have walked alongside us when things were tough. Um, you know, even deciding if we were going to keep up with the podcast. I mean, back in August, we didn't know where the, we didn't know if we'd make it to a hundred. Right. A- and you came alongside us with your encouragement and your permission to tweak things and change things. And that has blessed us mm-hmm. beyond measure. Yeah, totally. And before we close, I know this is going really long. I mean, we're going to hit about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm so sorry. No, there's nothing to be sorry about. This was what it was about today. So for those of you who have listened to the whole thing, I hope you've gotten a load out of it. I hope that you hear from these folks that did email in maybe a little bit of your marriage in there, you know, or maybe, maybe it's not there yet, but there's still some hope, right? You know, there's just some tweaking that needs to go on. And that's what we do in our marriages. We, t- we tweak it a little bit. We tinker with it. We, 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 we find what works, you know, and, and, and it just, it constantly happens and it happens every day. It, it just, you just keep on doing it because we keep on growing, mm-hmm. you know, we just keep on growing. Things get thrown at us. You just don't stop and go, well, I've been this way for so long and I'm never going to change. And if you are, good luck with your marriage. You know, good luck having that marriage that you want. Because it's not. We're changing every day. You know? And we won't stop until we're six feet under and we're up in heaven hanging out with God. It just isn't going to happen. You know, that's just the way it is. Um. So I really just hope that you've enjoyed enjoyed this show. Um, gosh, I, I think number one was long and number 100 is long too. One, one last bit. We did get a, a call this week from Darren. He and his wife have separated. He takes responsibility for this and has realized what he's done. And... I'm I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to probably pick up on it hopefully in sometime in January, but please uh, there's a man 
named Darren out there who needs your prayers and his wife needs your prayers too. And you know what? God knows who who you're praying for. So please, all you prayer warriors out there, lift them up. He's looking to make those changes. You know, he got stagnant. He got, he got, you know, caught up in whatever it may have been and just stopped doing what he needed to be doing to grow that marriage. And so, but he's making that change. And I just want to, I just want to thank you, Darren, for uh, calling in and letting us know because we can pray for you, man. We can do that for you. Um, gosh, let's finish it up. Yeah, Lisa's nodding. Lisa's nodding. You can get our book, OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com. We will not podcast the week of Christmas. Elise and I are going to take off. We are going to just chill and just enjoy each other. And we will see you just enjoy each other. Not not in a sexual way. We're going to just enjoy each other. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it just dawned on me that, that Christmas and New Year's are both on Sundays. So we, yeah, will, but we will probably see you in... in New Year New Year will do yeah. on that Monday. Yeah. So it'll yeah. be 2012. Yeah. So and let's, let's end with some celebration. So... Have yourself a fantastic Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. We love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. Take care. God bless.